You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, launched on the 30th of June 2019. I know everything and everyone. If you want to know the village chatter, ask the doctor or the priest. And the doctor isn't here. So it's down to me to spread the good news or the gossip, whichever is more interesting. Coming up in this podcast, on the eve of Doctor Who's 20th anniversary, I can't speak, 20th anniversary at Big Finish, we reminisce. We're also bang up to date with the latest reviews of our latest releases as compiled by Alfie Shaw. And over the next four podcasts, we'll be bringing you the best of our podcast interviews, starting this week with Sir Derek Jacobi, the War Master himself. And we also bring you Flip's World, a brand new podcast segment featuring the never less than entertaining thoughts of actor (laughs) Lisa Greenwood, well known to us all as Flip, companion to Colin Baker's Doctor. Flip's World. And of course, we give you a 25th (laughs) Scientist... A 25.5. That's what we give you. You've got to guess what it is. A 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. And it's worth mentioning that our drama tease for 15 minutes is Warmaster Rage of the Time Lords. I'm Benji, he's Nick, and we are a couple of chaps from Big Finish, the proud purveyors of the finest audiobooks and audio drama in your neck of the woods. Check us out at bigfinish.com for loads of Doctor Who and so much more brilliant stuff too. Like what, Nick? Like, like goodness like survivors Mm. you might remember survivors i don't know why that came into my head but the last series is out uh the prisoner uh the avengers callan uh the adventures of bernice summerfield you know from the old uh, virgin books created by by paul cornell uh, but just yeah oh lots of horror as well yeah dracula frankenstein phantom of the opera um and some classic sci-fi from H.G. Wells. Not to, not know, to forget old uh, Blake Seven as well. Blake Seven and Torchwood, yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, Dark Shadows. Yeah, lots of stuff, basically. Uh, in a moment, we'll be chatting about 20 years of Doctor Who at Big Finish Productions. Yeah, 20 years. But first, just time for a quickity-quick, quick email from a loyal listener. This is from John G. Wood, and it goes like this. No. Uh, hi, Nick and Benji. I had a great time once again at Big Finish Day on Saturday. That was last Saturday. Wow, Big Finish Day, hey Benji? Mm, cracker that one was, wasn't it? What brilliant, yeah. fab fun. Yes, at Quads in Derby, there was a day of celebrating Big Finish with lots of panels. It was a convention, really. Star guest Peter Davison. Uh, we also had Katie Manning and... Um, the Paternoster Gang and Daisy Ashford John Coleshaw and Jessica Martin yes lots of stuff and Benji and I were there anyway so John says so thanks to everyone at Big Finish Towers for that unfortunately I didn't get to speak to Nick because he had to head off while I was still queuing oh it was a disaster there was too many people wanted my autograph and I already scheduled for about three hours autographing anyway that's the trouble at a big finish day isn't it because everyone wants their cd cover signed 
by me. It doesn't matter what CD cover it is. Abba's I'm... Greatest Hits, you were signing that, weren't you? Quite a few of those. <laughs> Uh, but on the plus side, says John, I had a lengthy conversation with Matt Fitton, who has to be one of the friendliest and most unassuming people around. I think that's a really good summation. Mm. What you left out is extremely talented as well. Uh, do tell him how much I appreciated the chat. Well, I hope he's listening. Matt, are you listening? Matt Fatoon. Um, regarding the podcast, can I? we don't call him Matt Fatoon. I don't know why I always say that. What's wrong with me? Uh, can I thank Nick for including the mini music suite? Yes, it was a little mint imperial with a <laughs> with a tune. Oh, <laughs> um, that was last time round. Uh, someone said the only thing wrong with the Third Doctor Volume Five was that there was no music suite on it, and I did the music. So in the last podcast, I bunged in a quick music suite. I enjoyed it a lot, says John. It's true that there can only be one Dudley Simpson, who I was kind of mimicking, but don't do yourself down. Okay, I won't. Uh, remember that the athlete who gets the bronze when competing against Usain Bolt is still blooming fast. Oh, that's a Very nice true, analogy, yeah. isn't it? I have a playlist of big Finnish music suites that I play when I'm needing to concentrate on writing and I'll be extracting this one to add to the list. Oh, I'm most flattered. As to the question of whether it's better to try and get a sound that is purely of the period or produce some kind of hybrid, I am firmly in the hybrid camp. You can't really recreate the experience of listening to a 70s or 80s programme because the modern audience isn't living in the 70s or 80s. All you can do is evoke the general feel. So you might as well let your knowledge of the present day inform your choices. You don't restrict the plots to stories that would have been told back then, so why do this with the music? Good point. Mm. What do you reckon? I think that I think that that sort of hits the nail on the head. Really, um, you mm. know, in one one respect, I'd love to do some some form of story where the music is in, like I have to basically challenge myself to work within the restraints of what would have been around at the time. Um, but yeah, a lot of the time with storytelling, I think the hybrid option's probably the best option, really, isn't it? Because you can kind of. No, nobody feels too isolated or intimidated by something or if you've not come from that background you're not going to sit there and think that sounds rubbish <laughs> a lot of, authentically rubbish well a lot of drama can be crushed can't it by uh, for example uh, uh, a Paddy Kingsland style flute isn't quite <laughs> going to uh, work with the curse of Fenric is it really come on guys think it through although it would be funny yeah, I'm quite warm into that idea. Uh, anyway, John finishes off with this important statement. Mustache, but thanks once again and all the best. All right, John, thank you. Thank you very much for that message. So, 20 years at Doctor Who at Big Finish, Nick. How does it feel? Oh, let me have a feel. Um, sort, of, sort of crunchy. Feels, feels sort of... I think I'm slightly fatter. Uh, well, what am I? I don't know. My my weight yo-yos quite a bit. I must stop eating yo-yos. Yeah, that might um, help. <laughs> they are a thing, actually. I don't eat them. I don't like them. They're sort of sugary, fruity thing. Uh, <laughs> we really enjoyed the discussion of the 20th anniversary of Doctor Who at Big Finish because Nick spoke about f food and stuff. Um, it's weird. I said at Big Finish Day, I don't know if you feel the same with your involvement with Big Finish, in a way, sometimes it feels like it's an enormous amount of time, and other times it feels like it was, it was no time at all. Absolutely, you know, I've only been 
working here since I think about 2015 was my first year um, and so in some respects that's no time at all but then I look back and think wow you know it's that's pretty much nearly been five years that's quite crazy really yeah and it, and it goes and the thing is as well I suppose um, it goes in the blink of an eye because it's quite an intense job isn't it working at Big Finish you're sort of wall-to-wall releases no sooner do you finish one thing you're on to the next thing and so yeah. you don't actually have those moments where you step back and you're like oh you know I can I can just just appreciate where I am at the moment you're kind of like right that's done next on to this right da, 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 da. and I think that's why it goes so quickly for me anyway because yeah. you, you don't stop but the bizarre thing is for me I, I think I was thinking back to when the TV series of Doctor Who came back and I remember thinking, and that was only in 2004 we found out about it. And we only started in 1999. It's a very short amount of time, really. And yet, when that happened, it already felt like we'd been doing Big Finish forever. You know, and then suddenly the TV series is coming back. It, it felt like we'd been saying to people forever, I don't think it's ever coming back. How did it, it feel did. when you got the news? So this is before you got the... I mean, I don't know how quickly you found out was coming back to how uh, quickly you found out you were voicing the Daleks. But let's just say, what were your initial thoughts from a Big Finish perspective when Doctor Who came back? Did you think this is great or did you think, oh, that's us, will people want to listen to us? What did you mm. kind of... Well, I don't remember the sequence of events, really. I don't remember how I first found out that there was going to be a new series of Doctor Who. But I, I mean, certainly the... the gap of time between knowing there was a new series and knowing that I was going to be the voice of the Daleks I think that was that felt like a very long time but perhaps it was just months I don't know um there seemed to be an agonizing wait <laughs> when I'd first heard rumors of me being the voice of the Daleks to when they actually asked me to do it uh with regard to what I, um I thought I thought it was massively brilliant news for Big Finish I thought it would make Doctor Who a huge thing and that um everyone would sort of think oh what other Doctor Who things are they and come to Big Finish but uh, Gary Russell and Jason Haig Ellery actually were both right when they said actually this is going to be quite bad for us because Doctor Who fans like myself as well it, we're, we, in spite of ourselves we're quite preoccupied with the, with the notion of legitimacy it's very true yeah uh, and otherwise known as the dreaded word canon you know and uh, because Doctor Who wasn't on television I think a lot of people thought oh well you know big finish that's great but then the moment the moment the new series was announced let alone on air um, uh, people uh, to, perhaps I should use a less emotive term but people deserted us in their droves and uh, and we we very nearly went out of business wow so it was quite a, it was quite a sobering time for us really and then it was shortly after that that uh, Gary Russell left and I took over and as I think I've said approximately a million and fifty two times before I felt like when I took on being executive producer I thought this would be a fun thing uh, sort of um, uh, I felt a bit like I'd be rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic <laughs> you know so for as long as it lasted it would be quite nice but we were probably going down um, but you know luckily with the help of so many other brilliant people uh, I would say particularly in the first instance um, Alan Barnes and John Ainsworth right at the very very beginning were right with me to help out and 
shoulder so much of the work. We managed, and particularly with Alan, uh, managed to find ways of enticing people back. You know, Alan said, we've got to keep making big events of these stories. We've got to give people an, another extra reason for, for liking this, you know. Uh, Benji's nodding, just in case you wondered, folks. Not nodding off, but nodding. Um. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. I'm with sorry, you. Sorry, sorry, you sounded just like my father-in-law who's been staying with us recently. He's always nodding off all the time. Well, as indeed will I be when I'm his age. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, it was quite... And then we were doing, of course, The Eighth Doctor and Lucy Miller um, out this month. As with Lucy Miller returning, and uh, that was that felt like a whole new thing. So I think we had, I think Big Finish had really established itself. I think Gary had done amazing things with loads of great writers, and uh, but we had to we had to realise that you know there was a new kid on the block, and he was much bigger than us. <laughs> And that was the TV series, and that yeah, we were eclipsed, but we sort of we found our little shaft of light. And I think as well, it takes, you know, when when Doctor Who finished and Big Finish came along, Big Finish is is what you would listen to Doctor Who on. With two versions of things going around, people I suppose had to get used to the idea of um, of there being more than one Doctor at the same time doing something. You know, instead of the Doctor goes to a, from A to B, it's like well. One doctor goes from A to B, whilst the other's also going from A to B to C to D, and there's it's it's getting used to the idea of that multiverse theory, isn't it? That theory of mm. more than one thing is going on at once, really. And now, you know, people are completely obsessed with all the ranges, all different ranges going on at once and crossing over. But I suppose to to have that motion back then of like oh, it's quite new. Yeah, yeah that the, there's 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 two stories going on at the same time. How is this? That doctor's gone. He's back. What's going on? So crazy times. And there are two things, actually. You know, that question you asked, how does it feel? It feels like an enormous privilege. And also with specific reference to the business of, you know, the TV series coming back, it feels like we were very lucky and blessed to have Russell T. Davis, who really did ensure the continuance of Big Finish. You know, there was a point where quite sensibly, really, the people uh, at the BBC bringing Doctor Who back, they didn't know about Big Finish, you know, the powers that be, Russell did, of course. Um, and they, as I've said many times before, lifted up the carpet and saw Big Finish underneath. And I think we're about to sort of, you know, apply the pesticide. Um, but uh, Russell said, don't worry, um, uh, it's not very important, I'll deal with it. And um, and saved our bacon, uh, for which I will be eternally grateful. And of course, I'm also grateful to him for making me the voice of the Daleks, which, again, as I've said, I think approximately 2.35 million times <laughs> has changed my life. Uh, there's a little shopping anecdote to go with that, but I think I've told that 2.37 <laughs> million times, so I won't be repeating that just now. Um, I think I'm right in thinking that you started with the genocide machine, didn't you, Benji? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I managed to to pick that up. I can't remember where it was. It was sort of it was either On like a forbidden planet or somewhere uh, that equivalent, somewhere like that. And I was drawn to some it. planet or other, some old planet. Um, I was drawn <laughs> to it because it had, um, of course, the you know the planet of the Daleks supreme. On the cover, yeah. and um, I'm pretty certain that was Gary Russell or Mike Tucker's 
combines ideas on that. They definitely wanted it to be that Dalek Supreme. Well, it, it worked. That's. I mean, I, I'd known of Big Finish's existence through Doctor Who magazine, but um, I just never, I'd never sort of jumped in and and had a listen. And so, why hadn't you? I don't know. But you know, I was younger, so perhaps it was just you know, there's. I just didn't. The internet was in its infancy. And How I was, young were you? I can work this out, maybe-ish. I mean, I don't know. I well, was 20 years ago. How old are you? Well, I'm tw- No, I can't have been eight years old. I'm tw- I'm well, 20- you must have been. Oh, shit, blimey. Yeah, maybe. It, that's, <laughs> I must have... It can't have just been out, so maybe it was a cup, like right. a year or so, two years. I reckon. I reckon. I got into. I got into Doctor Who in year six, so I would have been. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, um, you would have been eleven. About that, God, that's terrifying, isn't it? What a youngster. Yeah. But um, ten or eleven, yeah. But yeah, no, so eleven probably. I, When's your birthday? Uh, the eleventh of the eleventh, November ninety-one. Okay. Yeah, you definitely would have been eleven then. Yeah. God, that's terrifying, isn't it? Um, what a in weird thought. Six. But um, wow! Yeah, I started. Did you get it on cassette? <laughs> no, no. It would Genocide it, Machine was available on cassette. It would have been on CD. So whenever the CD was out, that's when I would have got it. Now yeah. I was, I never, I never, I don't think I had any on cassette actually. Maybe I did. It was only the first so. few that were released on cassette because we were told that spoken word releases really had to be on cassette. No one bought spoken word on on CD. We did do CDs as well. And then and it look at quickly us now. became obvious that there were no, that the people didn't really want it on cassette. <laughs> yeah, but it, times change, don't they, really? I suppose yes, it's they people, do. You know, people, now it's download, isn't it? But yeah, I started with that one. Then I moved on to, a, a, you know, went through a couple of the Eighth Doctor stuff as well. Dalek uh, Empire was the one that sits in my mind because it reminds me of going on holiday, as I've said before on here, laying in the, oh, yes. the sweltering sun with an iPod on my <laughs> on my chest listening to <laughs> listening to that and uh, having a great time and you know i fell in love with it because i i was so fascinated by the fact that stories could be told so well through sound it just blew my mind really having Brilliant. not been of the generation growing up you know it wasn't radio drama wasn't a thing that i listened to growing up particularly I listen to music but I never listen to radio drama apart from on Sundays with the funny the comedy that they sometimes had on like Radio 4 or something uh, so yeah. before the TV series came back you got into Big Finish did you? yeah definitely yeah cause and so how did you know about the old TV series? I mean we know that you you love old stuff but uh, how did you find out about the old TV series of Doctor Who because it predated your you know I think I've told this story on here before, but um, it was at my block, local Blockbusters. They had a selection of the videos there. And oh. so they had, I can remember all of the videos they had, and there weren't many of them. They had Death of the Daleks, Genesis of the Daleks with the Sontaran experiment. Um, they had Planet of the Spiders, uh, Pyramids of Mars, and Revenge of the Cybermen. That's all they had. And I, I must have been the only person to rent them and they were pretty much continuously being rented out uh, <laughs> I was just watching them cover to cover what made you I mean given that it was whatever it was yeah you know and all sorts of big blockbuster series and everything what why why did you like Doctor Who because you know I think it's quite difficult now for example to get my son to watch old Doctor Who because it just seems so clunky to him he kind of he'll sometimes watch it to humour me 
<laughs> also to get out of Fine. going to bed if I say if I if I'm watching an old Doctor Who and he goes oh what are you watching I think mm, yes it's it's slightly past your bedtime so now you're feigning interest in <laughs> the arc in space oh this is the bit where they go around and I realise he knows it all because I used to watch it all with him, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah what was it that grabbed your you know when there was so much that was so much more polished available around I think the I think that the main thing is you know never underestimate the imagination of um when you're young really you know for me i remember my first experience of doctor who unofficially doctor who was the dalek movies and so i remembered that saw the picture of the dalek on the cover and thought oh this is another one maybe it's the same one watched it and thought oh my god this is something completely different but i think i like it um i think i i like it because and this sounds very strange because it has a bit of a slower pace to a lot of modern things and whereas mm. all the polished things are great and you know action-packed but there was something about this that because of the slower pace it felt more realistic it felt more oh, you know when, when you've got a bunch of people talking very boringly on a spaceship <laughs> clicking buttons and all the and all of the buttons and things that you see look fairly like things that uh you know familiar that you see around the house buttons on things that you it felt very much i can't explain it i'm thinking so it was the buttons and the talking basically well yeah i don't do you know what i it was just one of those things i instantly just felt completely and utterly compelled by it and and sucked it i've never thought about it until when you said that i've mm. never thought about i've that. often been intrigued about it but never never remembered to ask you but for for whatever reason i for whatever reason yeah I, I i was just obsessed with it and and then i i really what kind of cemented it for me was i was looking for more on the internet when it was really early and, and uh discovered lots of fan films that people have made and uh groups like the projection room and uh, damn audios and people like that damn audios david nagel our sound designer now works for us he was um, but yeah. all these people doing their own Doctor Who's and I just thought it was like another world that people were doing all this stuff and it just I suppose it was my first experience of like a community on the internet so I think that really contributed as well and now look at me I'm, I'm in a room surrounded by Doctor Who things <laughs> what um how much more Big Finish did you listen to before you got involved with Big Finish I listened on and off because I was I, it, it sort of when I was at school I would listen to things I remember the juggernauts and, and things like that And I was the sixth doctor and the uh, mechanoids and the Daleks yeah, wasn't it I was, I was absolutely absolutely on that one <laughs> and I kept up with some of the eighth doctor stuff I dwindled off a bit towards when I got older and, and went to university because I was doing other stuff I got, I got more into my music and kind of left all of that world behind a little bit because you know, I was I was a cool teenager and, and Doctor Doctor Who's for for saddos, and <laughs> <laughs> and um, sort of left it all behind. And then gradually, as that sort of teenage thing wore off, and I I ventured back towards doing creative things that I loved. Um, you know, I just I just got to that point where I thought I don't need I don't need to be hiding hiding aspects of my life like my love of Doctor Who anymore because I'm comfortable with who I am and so yeah, I just got back yeah. into it and then that after then it, it was just like it was a no-brainer for me really and gradually ended up getting sucked into the point where I ended up getting in touch brilliant so, and it was all down to Paul Sprague, wasn't it? Waving you in front of my face. It was actually, it wasn't, it, it, was, it was, it might have been Paul in the, in the office but I was talking, it was Ian that I talked to actually 
Oh, it was you? Ian, yeah. Who, who said, sorry, we, we're not taking anything at the moment. And I said, oh, okay. And then got back to me about 20 minutes later after listening to what I'd sent. I thought, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll forward that one on to Nick, I think. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, first job was Countermeasures 4. And the rest, as they say, very much so, is history. Well, I hope that people have been enjoying the seagull background to your... Uh, it's a nautical-themed podcast, you see. <laughs> because uh, uh, I've, it's so hot in my shed, I've got the door open and it's very sunny. Who knows what it'll be like when you're listening to this, but... Uh, yeah, that is, they're really <laughs> active in my... Um, uh, Chris Chibnall's kind of outed me for exactly where I live in the latest Doctor Who magazine. <laughs> <laughs> this is his road, this is his postcode. It's- this Didn't is the flamingo the in his garden. He did say the town, but anyway, have a look at Doctor Who magazine to see what Chris Chibnall says about me and where and where Chris and I both live. Not in the same house or bedroom, but uh, certainly in the same town in Dorset. There'll be people like the Watcher standing miles away across from your house, <laughs> just watching. Right then, well, time now to zoom right up to the present day with the latest reviews compiled by our good friend, writer, producer, director, Alfie Shaw. So first up, the Paternoster Gang, Heritage One. Uh, go to bigfinish.com uh, to get it uh, and type it into this search engine. That's the best thing to do to find it, although you'll probably find it plastered all over the homepage. I am Madame Vastra. I am Strex. Jenny Flint, thanks for asking. It's Inspector Cotton of Scotland Yard. Don't tell me. Something terribly mysterious has occurred and he requests our urgent assistance. Ghosts are a long-standing and growing threat in this world. I'll do the first review from blogtowho.com. The Paternoster Gang Heritage One is a triumph from start to finish. Not only does it boast some truly amazing performances from the main and guest casts, but three strong scripts that have set the bar high for the remaining sets to follow. There is also an excellent new theme tune from Joe Kramer, who else, uh, which epitomises the fun this series has perfectly. Well, SciFiPulse.net has this to say. Madame Vastra, Jenny Flint and Strax are three of Stephen Moffat's most interesting contributions to modern Doctor Who, with the Paternoster Gang, Heritage One, Jonathan Morris, Roy Gill and Paul Morris demonstrate that Big Finish is the perfect platform through which to expand their corner of Victorian London. By the end, there's much afoot and I can't wait for the Paternoster Gang Heritage 2. The Digital Fix.com says there is still much to be exploited with the main trio in terms of how they relate to one another and the possibilities of the Victorian setting. Nonetheless, the Paternoster's familial connection proves highly rewarding in storytelling terms and for listeners and for listeners. Yes, I'd read that properly. And the first instalment of Heritage is sure to be a big hit. TheDreamCage.com Oh, I like that name. Uh, This was an enjoyable first box set. Neve McIntosh, Dan Starkey and Catchin Stewart do a fantastic job with their characters across all three stories. Although I think Starkey gets the most quotable lines. And it's nice (laughs) to have a series that doesn't take itself too seriously. It's a light-hearted, old-fashioned, if Silurian-human-lesbian relationships can be called old-fashioned, adventure series. (laughs) <laughs> At Host Productions say the Paternoster gang offer a great opportunity to new series fans who wish to have their first experience with Big Finish offering three easy to listen to fun fast paced adventures in Victorian London. 
We're on to Twitter now, I think. Yes. Yeah, we're getting into Twitter talk now. At Cam underscore 1971B said, Loved the Paternoster Gang Heritage one from at Big Finish. At McIntosh Neve, at Captain Stewart, and at Stan... Uh, and at Stan, Stan Darkly. What? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> oh, no, I thought I was getting it wrong, but no, crazy. <laughs> Are amazing. Love Strax's attempt at a Cockney accent. Bravo. <laughs> uh, at Ant Magnet says, At Big Finish, just listen to the Paternoster Gang Volley 1. Absolutely fantastic. A worthy successor to Jago and Lightfoot for my Victorian steampunk fix. Now onto the lives of Captain Jack, Volume 2. Go to bigfinish.com to get it and type it into the search engine. It's a short fire way. It's probably on the front page, mind you. Let go of me! I'm regenerating! Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. The lives of Captain Jack, Volume 2. With Big Ben destroyed by an alien craft world, Held hostage. With planet Earth under attack, air on fire. Planet stolen. The Atlas systems killing us in our cars. Questions must be asked. The things I've reported on. The world ending every week. It reached a stage where even I couldn't believe what I was saying. I couldn't do it anymore. Hello, I'm the Doctor. I'm a Time Lord from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Casturbarus. You're the Doctor. You can't be. I can't be. <laughs> I'm the new doctor. New body, same great taste. Look at this coat. Love it. So the stories are true. It comes to the trenches at night. It kills. Do you want to do the first one? Yeah, why not? I'll just take your sci-fi pulse, uh, Nick. <laughs> uh, sci-fi pulse.net. The Lives of Captain Jack uh, Volume 2 is a wonderful addition to this new range. This set demonstrates how much Big Finish loves character-driven stories and the actors they showcase in them. Thank you, Big Finish, for three more great yarns. I can't wait for The Lives of Captain Jack Volume 3. And KryptonRadio.com says, perhaps even more than the great first Captain Jack set, these three stories really bring out three unique sides of our character. The larger-than-life, over-the-top hero, the companion who can face the darkness with you, and the loyal friend who will listen to you when all else around you doubt, doubt you. The and and then in English, uh, great writing throughout from two of Big Finish's most busy scribes and direction from Scott Hancock. To be honest, I'd be surprised if they didn't have you at Jack in the Six Doctors' coat, though. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. that had me. Yeah. Well, allstoriesmatter.home.blog, a very strong set and a great way to follow on from how good the first set was. Each episode is different and spans the lives of Captain Jack well. 8.5 out of 10. That's an interesting point five there. Uh, at Matt Bob Ross on the Twitter sphere says the lives of Captain Jack Peace of Mind is an outrageously entertaining and lovingly presented story playing perfectly to John and Colin's strengths as actors and characters with a rich and witty script more please 
Tomhausen1218 says, The Lives of Captain Jack Volume 2 from at Big Finish by at Goss Jam and at Guy Adams author. Feel like a robot saying that. At this <laughs> and that. <laughs> is a truly enjoyable set with some fantastic characters. The variety of stories from fun space adventure to tragic war tale and finishing on a love letter to an unsung Doctor Who hero is magnificent. Marvellous. Just before we go on to the quickies here, uh, just a few quick reviews, because time is short, there's so much to come. Just received a file from uh, Steve Berry, our head of marketing. He's been editing together highlights of Big Finish Day, so I can't, can't wait to see the video of that. Ooh, mm. it's downloading now. Mm. Anyway, uh, Torchwood Sargasso. Uh, go to bigfinish.com to get it and type it into the search engine. Just type Sargasso, S-A-R-G-A-S-S-O. What is that? Mayday! Mayday, this is the Corinthian Tide reporting an uh, avalanche. Look at the sea. Oh, it's like a sheet of glass. There's a name for conditions like this, you know? Mm-hmm. Dead calm. Listen now, there isn't much time, okay? <laughs> the digitalfix.com says Sargasso rounds off Big Finish's Torchwood versus Doctor Who monsters in style. The story ends with a chilling message and a creepy twist deserving of this dark tale that is sure to stick with the listener long after. And it gives the Autons perhaps their best story since Spearhead from Space. Uh, with a balance of real-life issues, terror and comic timing from Kai Owens-Reese, this continues to prove that some of the best tales from Big Finish are coming out of its Torchwood content. Doctor Who, an alien werewolf in London. Same as said before, go to bigfinish.com, type it into the search engine, an alien yeah. werewolf in London, and the good shall be yours. Where are we? Camden Market. Come on, I think you'll like it. Watch your mags. Ace! I take it there's a crisis worthy of my attention? Yeah, I met this Aussie guy on the tube. Reckons he saw an alien just last week. I believe him. Pleased to meet you. She wants to see us both. Her ladyship, down below. The lift goes down and down. Recesses all along the walls, like for coffins. Uh, DoctorWhoWatch.com says An alien werewolf in London brings this year's trilogy of Seventh Doctor and Mags to a satisfying close. It's another fresh take on a monster story and features plenty of surprises, while still staying true to the genre's roots. A very, very entertaining story to listen to. <laughs> you added in a very then. I did, yes. Too Why very, not? Very, Why very, very, very. very. A tortured God Among Us Part Very Three and go to bigfitfinish.com uh, to get it. Type it into the search engine. Yeah. God Among would do, I reckon. I'm Neve. And I'm Jeff. And, well, a lot. A hell of a lot has happened since we've last done an episode of Cardiff Unknown. There's been a flood, which would be quite the mystery. If hundreds of people hadn't died and there weren't refugee camps everywhere. And. Remember we mentioned that secret organisation based in Cardiff? Turns out they caused it. Torchwood. Ellie Bryson 99 on the Twitter sphere says, Huge well done and thank you to at Scott Hancock and the rest of the at Big Finish team for creating hashtag Torchwood Aliens Among Us and God Among Us. 
just finished it and wow. The plot twists and the character developments were incredible and I adore each new team member so much. Thank you, Ellie. Survivors Series 9 looking fine. Go to bigfinish.com and get it. So type it into the search engine, Survivors Series 9. And again, you will have fun things. It's following an order. I didn't raise you to be like this. True. But everything changed when most of the world got wiped out, didn't it? Okay, people, we've finished here. Mission accomplished. Uh, we've got to do something. They're closing in. Hello, Ruth. Jenny! <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? I'm not a monster. I met Meg Pritchard, the architect of this so-called protectorate. Every movement needs a leader. And I've got news for you, Jenny. You're not going to live out the day. Uh, at jdead464, at Big Finish, I really can't believe how sad I am that I've just finished listening to the final part of Survivors and there's no more to look forward to. Thank you so, so much to everyone involved in this. It's quite the best thing you've ever produced. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, that's it for the latest reviews. Thanks again, Alfie Shaw, for collating them. Good chap, good chap. Uh, with our drama teasing of the Warmaster Rage of the Time Lords coming up after the, after the, the end of this podcast, I don't know what voice this yeah, is, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we, we thought we'd start our, our series of four best of podcast interview slots with Sir Derek Jacome. What is this voice? I've no, no idea. Yes. It's, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Hmm. Maybe we should do the whole podcast. Can you do it? Can you do it? Can you do it? Like that? Like that? Yes, yes. I don't know what that is. You sound like you're doing some appalling foreign accent. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so Derek Jacoby, the war master himself, it, uh, I did this interview back in 2017. So, hello, Derek, and welcome to the Big Finish podcast. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Well, that's a good start. Yes. There, there are just three questions in this. Right. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what they are in advance. All right. <laughs> one of them we've Sounds sort of rehearsed before, so it's fine. One of them is when did we first meet? Okay, so you've sort of got that one. Yeah. Uh, other one is the the next one is uh, what's tingling your molecules about big finish? I wish that your expression could be <laughs> translated into audio. Uh, and then uh, what's tingling your molecules generally in entertainment? Okay, so the first one is, yeah, when did we first meet? No pressure. Um, well, I am told <laughs> it was 14 years ago. Yeah. Um, I, I can remember it now. Um, when I was first told, oh, we'd met before, 14 years ago, blank, absolute blank. Um, <laughs> I am getting rather old. And, um, things are a little different these days. But, yeah, but you do a lot, though. You do a lot of stuff, don't you? Yes, I'm very lucky. I, you're probably talking to the luckiest actor you will ever, ever meet. Or throughout my career, I've, I've been dogged by good luck. Um, luck in, in the sense of um, being given the opportunity to strut whatever stuff I've got to strut, you know, without, if I'm honest, without ever having seriously to to work the room or hustle or, you know, it's kind of all worked out and uh, it is still working, um, thank goodness, and uh, I intend to go on as long as 
nothing falls off and I can still do it all. Yeah. Well, I think it's well-deserved. Well, Not to sound like too much of a sycophant. <laughs> well, no, I... I um, I function at at my best uh, when when I'm working. Um, I hate uh, to be idle. I think uh, that the phrase about um, time on hand, self on mind, yeah. uh, is very very true. And so I I like to get out there and uh, do other things and yeah. and and really. Uh, concentrate on, on things that are not me do you know yeah no I know that feeling and um, when we first uh, when we hired you all those uh, years back in deadline the Doctor Who Unbound <coughs> thing that you did I remember that I was told that your agent had said to the producer well he, he likes to work so I'll um, I'll see if he's available when he comes back <laughs> off holiday I'm pretty but, certain he'd like to do it you know oh, so yes, yes. he likes to work that's a lovely phrase yeah, I do I do and, and um of course, you know, like all actors, you always think that uh, the last job is the last. You'll never work again. Um, <laughs> Do you still think that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, you know, you know I'm, I'm now at the stage of my career when um, the, 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 the constant thing is, oh, it's all over. Been there, done that. You know, um, now just gentle, gentle into the last good night. Um, but no, no, fight against that. Yeah. Um, so the frivolous question is what's tingling your molecules about Big Finish what's exciting you about Big Finish, finish. well um, it gives me the opportunity to um, work with a microphone which I've, I've always loved um, you don't have to look your best you can sit or stand um, and what I love particularly is that it all depends on your voice you have no other help really you might have some sound effects and some scene setting but uh, you can't do it physically you can't do it with costume or makeup um, it's all got to be uh, a vocal um, and you express your your feelings your emotions uh, your situations all uh, vocally and I I think that's challenging to an actor and very satisfying for an actor and I think I think um, um, am I wiggling my molecules or jiggling my molecules tingling I can't even remember what the question <laughs> was <then. laughs> um, that's that's what they're they're, they're tingling about yeah. I think you're using all the notes of your instrument you? uh, uh, yes, yes as they put it <laughs> yes yeah, yes. I, yes you are you are and and, and that's um, that's a skill. That's a craft. Mm. That is that is uh, something that is is fascinating to do. And tingling your molecules generally in entertainment, anything that you just this is like a snapshot of what you're enjoying at the moment. Where it be whether it be a book or uh, some music or something in the cinema or a play, anything you like really. Well, everything I do, um, as we've already said, is usually connected with work. Yes. Um, I. Um, to digress slightly, I, I read history at Cambridge, and I'm now reading more history than I ever did as a student. But um, I, th I think I've just finished um, a wonderful gig um, on a new version um, directed by Kenneth Branagh, starring Kenneth Branagh, uh, whom I adore, um, of Murder on the Orient Express. Oh. Um, and I've been Johnny Depp's manservant for a few weeks. And I loved it. It was a wonderful cast, a, a wonderfully playful cast. We all got on. 
and we literally played games a lot of the time um, when we weren't working. And uh, it, it it really encapsulated for me what the business is about because it, it's a wonderful club to belong to, yeah. you know. And actors, um, I love actors. I, I always think that, you know, um, ac actors can um, reach the heights and the depths. An act, I can see an actor committing murder. I cannot see an actor embezzling. Um, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, that's a mean Maybe a few thing. producers. Yeah, yeah. May, no, I'm saying actors. <laughs> uh, no, producers are something else. And maybe directors. Um, uh, but uh, there's nothing mean about actors, I think, because they have to expose themselves. Yeah. They have to put themselves up on show to be knocked down or encouraged, you know. But it's that very um, openness and fragility and raw nerveness about, about performing that I think uh, is a never-ending delight to me. Mm. And is, is there anything that you're doing for your own entertainment personally when you're not working that is tingling your molecules at the moment? I'm a huge fan of Coronation Street. Okay, there you go. There so you that's go. religiously I, recorded, is Oh, it? yes, yeah, yeah. catch up and all that, yeah. yeah. I've seen some wonderful acting on Coronation Street. Um, that's a classic. It's a, for it's, any Americans or Australians listening who don't know, it's, a, it's <laughs> the, big, the British soap. Yes, basically. it started in 1960. Um, and it's still going strong. And the great thing, which is something that is in the script of of um, this particular master in this particular episode, it's it's done with humour too. It has wonderful humour. Um, it doesn't take itself too seriously, mm. which is its great saving grace, and which sets it apart from all the other soap operas. I think. Thank you very much. Pleasure. And there'll be another of our lovely podcast interviews along next week, helping us to celebrate all the excitement and jolly japes we've had over the past 20 years of Doctor Who at Big Finish mm. Productions. <gasps> Who will it yes. be? Well, Ooh. we know, but we're not going to tell you. <laughs> well, apparently that will create some kind of suspense. Yeah, suspense. Yeah. Uh, it's just like sort a bridge. Of, just sort of suspense. Uh, I feel suspended. Anyway, time now for a brand new podcast segment, as promised last week. Although I didn't say what it was going to be, because when we recorded last week's podcast, we didn't know for sure it was going to be possible. But yes, thanks to actor Lisa Greenwood's generosity and generally lovely personality, it happened. Lisa Greenwood has been playing Flip, Philippa Jackson, that is, companion of the Sixth Doctor since 2011, when she appeared in a story I directed, uh, written by Johnny Morris, entitled The Crimes of Thomas Brewster. Lisa came into the Big Finish production office uh, recently to chat about, well, you wait and see. Let's call it her unique perspective, Flip's world. <laughs> So it's Lisa Greenwood. Hello, Big Finish listeners. I just realised I said Lisa, not Lisa. It's not Lisa. It's with an S. I know, but Lisa. You, yeah, but you. Which do you say? Lisa. Oh, that's with right. an S. Yeah, I think you're thinking of Lisa Bowerman, right? I, I am constantly. Yeah. Different Lisa. Okay, and you're in this podcast. What are you going to be doing in the coming weeks? I am going to be talking about some big Finnish releases, some old, some new. 
nothing borrowed, nothing blue. That was a really bad joke. <laughs> that was a terrible joke. Can we cut it? No, I'm oh. afraid there's no editing. No, no, no this no, is no. going to turn bad, I think, if we can't edit things out. <laughs> That's not good. If you say something really obscene, I'll edit, edit it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, can I have the thing where it goes beep? And they beep out my words. Yeah. Okay, so you ready? Yeah. You're going to beat me up? No, I can't. (laughs) I can't do that. My mum would kill me. What, if she heard you saying beep? Yeah, because she would know what the beeps were. Right, would she? She would, yeah. She knows me. She would know that they would be very, very bad words. I don't think she'd be happy. Do you think she'd time the duration of the beeps to work out what it might be? (laughs) Yeah. I think that would be her new job. I think she'd take some time finding out exactly what those beeps were. Does she listen to your work, your Big Finish work? Does she? Yeah, I mean, when I let her, I think there's this thing about being an actor. Sometimes I, I find it hard to even watch myself on TV or listen to myself. So I find it hard to let my family and the closest people to me actually watch it and listen to it. Because I just find it really cringe. Like, I have to leave the room. I don't know why. I've always been like that. So your mum has been listening to you with The Sixth Doctor, you playing Flip. Yeah, she has listened to a few when I let her. She's always asking for me to listen. Like, she always wants to listen to them, but I'm always a bit... I don't know, I get shy with my parents and my family. I don't know why. Everyone else, I'm like, watch it, enjoy it. But with my family, I just... I don't know, I find it really... They're they're very normal. They don't do acting. They have normal jobs. I just find it a bit nerve-wracking. They mean the most to me, so their opinions matter the most. So I don't, I don't know, I think it's something to do with that. That's quite an insight into your personality. Really? My mum's just texted me today. What's she saying? She was like, what are you eating? (laughs) I was like, nothing yet, mum. I've not had nothing yet. I don't know what I'm going to eat. Haven't you eaten all day? No, I have. I had a, this is very interesting for the listeners. I had (laughs) a chicken and avocado with lemon baguette, extra long. And then I had a chocolate brownie and I had some Cheerios this morning. But that's all I've eaten. But it's only half four. Yeah. So it's, it's not dinner time just yet. What's happening tonight? A big curry or something? Going out for a party, going to the pub, having a few shots. <laughs> now I'm going to go home. <laughs> I'm probably going to watch... What should I watch? Ah, oh, Good Omens. I've been watching that recently. Oh. Yeah. Have you been watching it? I haven't because I don't have Sky. It's not on Sky. It's on Amazon. I also Why? don't have Amazon. <laughs> Where, what planet are you living on? How do you not have Amazon or Sky? I have Netflix. Do you illegally download? No. <laughs> he's actually nodding yes. No, he's not. He's not. Oh, yeah, so I've been watching that. It's actually quite good. Is it? Yeah. yeah, I really... Obviously, David Tennant's in it, and he's, like, one of my faves as an actor, so he's great. And um, there's a guy called Geeve in it who I actually worked with. He's fantastic. He's a great character actor, so it's been nice to watch him on that as well. Mm. He plays Gabriel's little sidekick. Can't quite remember the name. It's a great performance, though. Is there a character called something like Met- Metal- Metal- Metatron or something? Metatron? Is so- that the dog? Is that that? No, there's like a god, the voice of God or something. I don't know if it's called Metatron. I can't remember the name of the... Wouldn't it just be God? (laughs) If it's the voice of God. It's just in the Radio 4 version of Good Omens. I I played that part. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know there was a radio version. There is, (gasps) yeah. And you mean to tell me they didn't ask you to be in the TV show? What a liberty. (laughs) You should be my agent. I think I should. I'm going to have a word with that casting director. Who would you go in for if you was going to play a part in Good Omens? 
You'd want to go in for God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, the same parts. Yeah, 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 God. It was weird because I was thinking I was going to do a big voice for it. Yeah. And they wanted me to speak like that. Okay. Then they put a huge effect on it. You can't tell it's me. You can't tell it's you. I would like to listen to that, actually. I think I also played a sort of drunk journalist in a bar somewhere. So just yourself. <laughs> just a drunkard like you are. <sighs> Must have another drink <laughs> He's downing a bottle of vodka as we speak. I know you can't see it, but it's true. <laughs> Lovely. Um, so in, over the next four weeks, you're yes. going to be... Uh, what am I looking at? I'm looking at the timing on there. Um, you're going to be talking about some big Finnish stuff. I am. Yeah. Can you give us a preview of what you'll be discussing? Do you want the names? Well, tease us. Tease us. Well, one is, has got Mr John Barrowman in it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a... I would say it's PG rated. There's some naughty bits in it. I had to put. I was listening to it on the radio, uh, in my headphones on the tube, and there were some proper little naughty one-liners in there. And I was thinking, I hope people can't hear this while I'm on the tube. <laughs> oh, I, I see. Yeah. I thought you meant in general when no, they listen to the like, production. On the tube, like, could they? What could they think I'm listening to? Because there were some naughty bits. Um, so that's one of the things yeah, that I'd be listening clue, yeah. to. That's a very good clue. Another one that I listened to, which is very, really, really good, it has a doctor's assistant playing an alien. Do you know which that one is? Mm, not sure. I mean, I've narrowed hope, it down to two in my head. I hope I've got my facts right. I think it'd be funnier if you haven't. <laughs> um, so that's a very big clue. And to be honest, that was the standout performance for me. It was so great. They had an effect on the voice, but it was just brilliant and some really funny one-liners. I love a funny audio play, so I think I've gone down the funny route. Mm. Um, I've often said that about you. Yeah, yeah, I'm just a bit funny in real life, aren't I? A bit weird. Um, (laughs) And, oh, maybe I did do four. What else have I done? Oh, no, that was the second. Oh, and my third was probably my favourite. And um, let me give you a clue about that. What could I give you a clue about that? So, she wears a big black coat. She's got quite big hair. Mm. And when I went to a convention once, dressed in my complete outfit, they thought that I was cosplaying her. So I don't know if I kind of look like her a little bit, because I was very into like leather jackets and stuff, and I know that's kind of her look as well. So she's the main character in the third one that I'm listening to. So I don't know if you can guess. Mm. what that is well listeners have a think yeah in the few minutes we have less left to us let's talk a little bit about flip your character in the sixth doctor adventures when was the last time you recorded one oh my gosh it must have been a good few good couple of years really i think so yeah a good must be about two and a half years ago i might be completely wrong i forget what i've eaten for breakfast like i could have probably recorded with you last week and i've forgotten but i think i kind of go by the good food I have a good dinner and I remember that. I remember the food. And I think the last time that I had food at Big Finish, it was a beautiful honey salmon. And that's how I remember my Big Finish days. So I think it was about two, two and a half years ago. And that would have been at the Moat Studios, would it? Yeah, that's, I've only ever recorded at the Moat Studios. And I was going to meet you at the Moat, but instead we met at the Big Finish office. Well, I'm glad we didn't because the Moat is an absolute mission and I was too polite to tell you that. It's, there is a massive old hill that I had to walk up, that I would have had to walk up. It's a good 17-minute walk from Ladbroke Grove Station. You should go to Westbourne Park. I don't know where that is. It's the stop before, and it's closer to the is studio. It really? 
Yes. Well, I've been there for like, I've been working with you guys for like nine years and I've never known that. <laughs> it's written in the document explaining how to get I there. don't read. What are you talking about? I don't read formal documents. That's why you got me so cheap, Nicholas. Oh, but I... I didn't, moving swiftly. Con- I didn't read the contract. <laughs> I also go, I sometimes go from Kensal Green, oh which is on the uh, Bakerloo line. Any good for you? Are they all the posh sides of London? Because I'm not sure I've, I've been to Kensal Green. Is that a nice part of London? Well, I don't want to be prejudicial to the people <laughs> who live there, but I'm saying no. Really? Oh, I've not been there. And I've normally been to the rough parts, so I'm surprised I've not been to Kensal Green. Maybe I'll add it to my list. <laughs> That sounds like some kind of threat. <laughs> yeah, I'm threatening the people of Kensal Green with my appearance. So, Lisa, there yeah. we are. You've teased us. Uh, you've said a little bit about Flip. Yeah. And uh, we've discussed uh, the transport system. Yeah, very uh, interesting. Anything else you want to say before our time is up? What do I want to say? Just um, remember, people, be nice to each other, compliment each other, and be friendly and happy. And I wish you all the love. Health and success. And there'll be more where that came from next week. Same pod time, same (laughs) pod channel. Now, time to give you 25% off a randomly selected Big Finish release. Yes, it's time to activate the randomoid selectatron. Come on then. 1.3 1.3 Sherlock Holmes, Holmes and the Ripper. Holmes and the Ripper. Wow. What are I you we, ripping yarn? We had that one before. I know we've had a Holmes before. I don't think we've had Holmes and the Ripper. Right, we ought to make a list of these things here and make sure we do it. The randomized selectatron, because it's totally random, there's absolutely nothing to stop it just selecting the same thing. Same that thing would every single week. Yeah. Anything else? Um, so, yeah, this was me in... Um, Sherlock Holmes it was the first Sherlock Holmes I did for Big Finish I'd done it on stage uh, I don't know how long before but I'd met Brian Clemens who wrote it he of Avengers and Professionals fame and um, he uh, he agreed on the spot while I was chatting to him after the uh, first night I think it was of Holmes and the Ripper on stage at the Theatre Royal Nottingham he agreed um completely not just in principle to us doing it um my my dear friend uh, adrian lloyd james the, the late great he's now long, no longer with us which is very sad he was the one who sort of suggested i asked and i was a little bit shy but he prodded me forward and brian just said uh yeah no problem yeah i said well my people will speak to your people and he said no 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 that's it the deal's done i said well we need to discuss you know what the deal he said no it's all it's all gravy <laughs> to me I think he said gravy, or maybe it was icing on the cake. I can't remember which. It was some kind of food stuff he referred to. And um, brilliant. So, yeah, uh, we're going to give you a 25% discount off it. We ought to maybe play you the trailer. Here it is. The Whitechapel Murders. Can you not bring yourself to say Ripper? You intend to continue, then? I intend to continue with what I've been doing for these many years now taking a lively interest in and pitting my wits against apparently insoluble crime. Where does your duty lie, man? My duty and my conscience lie here, within my breast. Who's there? Mr. Holmes, may I speak with you? I would seem to have no choice, madam. Forgive me. I wouldn't bother you like this unless it was desperately urgent. She is our last surviving link. But to what? God, 
only knows. And perhaps the devil, too. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Christ, have mercy on me. Thus, the spilling of blood was avenged by the spilling of blood uniting in the act. This is the house of God. Oh, then he better turn the other way. It is impossible. And yet it happened. Fidelity. No! Fidelity. No! Something wonderful, isn't there, about the sort of Holmes versus Jack the Ripper Jack the yeah. Ripper, I mean, a hideous murderer in reality, but the uh, the sort of uh, romanticised image of the the man with the the tall top hat going through a smoky, steamed up, smoggy white chapel, sort of yeah, yeah, definitely. It, there's something it was about very, it. and great to play on stage as well. I was just reading um, your reviews when you were talking then on that that were on the. Um, Reviews in the backstage segment of this thing there. Oh. Briggs stole the show with a Holmes portrayal that hovered between Jeremy Brett and Peter Cushing. The hawkish and slightly arrogant Brett influence prevailed, but Briggs cleverly injected a little humour and warmth into the part. That was uh, Zena Hawley of Derby Evening Telegraph. Yeah, I remember Zena as well. She used to come and interview me sometimes. I'm a big fan. They're, they're probably my two favourite homes there, actually, Jeremy Brett well, and uh, great Peter Cushing. To, Peter Cushing yeah. underlooked, I often think, as uh, Sherlock Holmes. Yes, yes. I sort of have some of his um, rhythms. It is the it way sometimes. he talks, isn't it? Yes. He speaks in a certain way like this. Ever so precise. These doors are closed by magnetics. <laughs> All you have to do is break the two poles. We have oh. to force our come in here. Yeah, I just will do the whole film. Yeah, Garlic's uh, Invasion of the Twenty One. Oh, such yeah. a good film, though, isn't it? Um, uh. So, uh, yes. Um, do you want to tell us about how to get the twenty five percent discount? Yeah, I certainly can. It's it's fairly straightforward. Uh, all you have to yeah, do yeah, to get yeah. that twenty five percent discount is go to bigfinish.com dot com, find the little news story that goes with the podcast, and there, my friends, you will find a little link to click. <laughs> Now, when you click it, all you yes. have to do is enter the top secret code word, BUCK UP. That's all capitals, no spaces, no nothing, just letters, and that's it. And uh, why is the code word called BUCK UP, you ask, eh? Tell us, Nick, tell us. Well, uh, the reason I'm explaining this is because <laughs> mm. my head of marketing... Steve Berry has been listening to the podcast since he arrived a couple of months ago and he was saying you'd never explain why it's Buck Up and I said well everyone knows he said well not everyone will know and it's why is it called Buck Up it's called because we started saying Buck Up in the podcast a couple of years ago to me Buck Up up. I don't know why I think it was because someone was sort of telling us off in an email so I was saying Buck Up Briggs or something so we used to just randomly say it we've we've stopped saying it even though we haven't entirely stopped saying it but um but we keep it alive in that in that uh, um, password, password, code word. So there you go. Anyway, actually, you'd never guess it, but it's time now to say goodbye. Is it really my yes. word? Well, time to go. In that case, then, yeah. See you later. Goodbye. Bye. And while we're away, why not listen to the first 15 minutes of The War Master Rage of the Time Lords. It's absolutely free. Here it is. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, I come to confess my sins. I haven't worked as hard as I could. I've thought cruel thoughts about the other girls. And it's strange, but these days I'm often 
angry. Angry at everything that's going on. Angry at the war, angry at the men who run it. Angry because I let myself feel angry in the first place. I don't want to feel powerless. I want to feel like I'm playing my part. I want to feel strong. So forgive me, Lord, even though I do not deserve it. You're ever so hard on yourself. <laughs> Reverend Magister, I, I didn't realize you were here. Forgive me, I was just praying. No, there's nothing to forgive, Alice. And don't punish yourself so. We've all been sinners in the past, even if you can imagine it. Little old me. <laughs> over there, Mavis? I think so. What's the problem this time? Oh, there's a... There's a big slug. A big slug? Honestly, can't you just... And that's not how you hold a shovel, is it? I'm not sure. We've been through this again and again. How many more times will I... Look, I'm not getting angry. We just have to get this done. Alice! Alice, darling! Could you pop in here when you're free? Sure thing, Lady Ra. I, I can come right now. I will help you when I get back, okay? Please, just be better. Gosh, it's a bit nippy for summer, isn't it? I hope the potatoes will manage. Depends on who's managing them. Uh, I better not step through. My shoes are all muddy. Oh, nonsense. I've had girls traipsing in and out all over the house. Dirty carpets are a small price to pay for British victory. Also, it gives the maids something to do on a morning. I do so love it when Agatha complains. At least when she's grumbling, she's doing her bit. <laughs> Come on, sit. Tea? Let me pour. No, no, I insist. Here you go. Thank you very much, Lady Ra. Oh, whilst I remember, I don't think we'll be fixing the barn door after all. Old James has got about at the flu. It's so very frustrating. We're coping perfectly well, aren't we? But this is one of those occasions when you need a big, strong man to do some heavy lifting. I'm sure we'll manage. Bertha and I can have a stab at it tomorrow. Oh, I know she's a big girl, but even with two Berthas, I think you'd struggle. Was this what you called me in for? No, no, there's, um... There's something else. It's a bit of a personal favour, if you don't mind my asking. You're one of the more sensible girls here, Alice. I think it helps that you don't fare from the city. You're a local girl. You keep the others grounded. You'll make a fine warden one day. <laughs> Thank you, Lady Ra. I try my best. Yes, <laughs> quite. Well, I'd like you to try your best with our new arrival. She's coming here this afternoon. And I hope we can help her fit in, straighten her out. I suspect she's not going to quietly slip into the ranks, if you follow my meaning. I understand. Ah, yes. But um, it's a little 
trickier than usual. She's my daughter, Hannah. You'll remember her, I expect. I know her, of course, though not very well. Auntie didn't let me wander around these lands as a child. Yes, is quite well. Hannah's a bit of a wild one, I must admit. Goodness knows she didn't get that from her father, so I'll take the blame for that. But uh, she needs to start pulling her weight in life. And I think it'd be just marvellous if she got to work here. Help with the war effort and all that. I'm sure she'll adjust in no time. Hmm, well, one can hope. You're a good girl, Alice. And uh, is your aunt well? She's welcome to come and lend a hand whenever she likes. I'm not sure that would appeal to her. Oh, I'm certain she still can't stand the sight of me. It's just if she wanted something to do. But I want you to know, Alice, how much I rely on you. Have a biscuit. Go on. Felicity made them. They're absolutely terrible. But let's pretend otherwise. Who's that? Surely not. Oh, she's never been early in her life. Oh, in that monstrosity of a vehicle as well. Come on. May the Lord give me strength. I'm sure he will. Yes, yes, we heard you the first time. Mother! Darling, it's lovely to see you. I wasn't expecting you till much later. Oh, you tried driving this thing down country lanes. It's positively glorious without the roof up. So you can't help but put your foot down. I don't think I'll ever get in that thing with you, darling. Please don't take it personally. <clears throat> what on earth are you wearing? Oh, do you like it? It's the latest in London. Well, that may be so, but we'll have to find you something a bit more... practical. You make that sound so ominous. Hello there. My luggage is in the boot, if you'd be so kind. Oh, um... I... Hannah, this isn't a maid. This is Alice Pritchard. Pritchard? Weren't you the little pale girl from the village? Gosh, you've shot up since then, haven't you? <laughs> I'd hate to be so frightfully tall. <laughs> uh, um, uh, oh, I see you're one of Mother's plucky land girls, I take it. Hmm. Showing the men we're just as strong as them. Something like that. Well, you won't have any problems with the luggage then. It's only light. Follow me. I know the way. You'll have to forgive her, Alice. She's probably tired from the journey. Oh, don't mention it, Lady Ra. I'll get the bags. Oh. Can you manage? Yes, <laughs> I'll manage. Home sweet home. Well, at least she hasn't filled this room with bunk beds. Do you all sleep piled on top of one another, then? No, I live with my aunt. Ah, yes, you're local. <laughs> I forgot. Gosh, well, this all must be very exciting for you, then. Hmm? New folk? In the village? Yeah, you'll be headline news for weeks. Oh, this awful place. Oh, I, I don't mean to be rude, but once you've seen a bit more of the world, everything that's green and full of sheep gets terribly depressing. <laughs> Have you ever been to London? No, and I wouldn't want to go. Yes, you wouldn't like it. But it's glorious down there. The parties, the soldiers. Then why have you come back here? Oh, the 
parties, the soldiers. One tiny little incident, and, and it all got hushed up anyway, but Daddy was in uproar. Forced me to return or he'd cut my allowance. And now, Mother's got this idea she's going to put me to work. She won't get me into one of those disgusting uniforms. No offence. It's not the end of the world. That's exactly what it feels like around here. The end of the world. The edge of the universe. Far, far away from anything. Or anyone. There are lots of girls on the estate. There's a few from London too. You've got Felicity, Sylvia and Sarah down one end of the corridor, and Bertha and Mavis on the other. They're all very friendly, if a little frustrating. The Women's Land Army. Oh, just like my mother to dive into a project like this. She loves the attention, of course. I saw the banner on the driveway. Hurrah for Lady Ra. Like she's Queen Bird of the Girl Guides or something. Brown Owl. Oh, that too. And Mother Hen. Cluck, cluck, clucking around the place. Oh, no, I shouldn't joke. She's threatened me with guarding the chicken coop. We tried keeping some when I was a girl. I didn't like them at all. I accidentally mixed lead shavings with their chicken feed and they all dropped down dead. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, gosh. I can be perfectly frightful sometimes. I, I remember one time, Mother bought me this hideous scarf for the county fair. I mean, I didn't want to wear it at all, but Mother insisted. So I waited until she left me alone and I wrapped it around my neck, tighter and tighter, till I was almost choking. A whole crowd of people came rushing to save me. Mother was so embarrassed. But I never had to wear the scarf again. <laughs> oh, aren't I a terror? Mm, it's not my place to say. Well, aren't you polite? Uh, I don't suppose there are any men here, hmm? In the village? Not many, no. Oh, so there are a couple at least. Oh, golly, <laughs> you're blushing. There is someone, isn't there? And it's someone you're a little bit partial to, isn't it? Oh, go on. Spill. I'm a sucker for secrets. Uh, he's called Neville. Neville Ramsay. The butcher's boy. <laughs> is he awfully handsome these days? Hasn't he been whisked away to the front line by now? Neville can't fight. He's got a bad leg. But he's very lovely and incredibly kind. He's a special constable in the village now. Oh, you're all obsessed. Even the lame ducks are doing their bit. He's not a lame duck. Oh, sorry. What's wrong with doing our bit? Don't you want to help? Of course, but isn't there anything to do around here? Wartime shouldn't be a substitute for, you know, a personality. I go to church. There's a new one on the green. Perhaps you passed it. I meant uh, anything to do for fun. Oh, there are lovely fields nearby. I'm sure you used to play in them as a girl. <laughs> All right. When I next go skipping through the daisies, I'll let you come along. Actually, with those long legs of yours, you'll probably fall flat on your face. <laughs> you better run away now, Miss Pritchard. I'm sure you have chores to do. I must unpack. Uh, when you next go to church, put in a good word for me. Hmm? I could do with some divine intervention. You shouldn't joke about things like that. Honestly, that uniform. That's the biggest joke of all. Ah, Alice, come in, come in. You can give me a hand. Mrs. Henderson was meant to help with the flowers, but she's not very well today. 
Oh, dear. Hope that isn't serious. No, it's, it's her nerves, poor thing. I think we're all feeling the stress. I told her to send for her cousin. He lives in London. If he comes up soon, he'll escape just in time. Just in time? Yo, well, one should never linger in London, not during wartime. Although Lady Raleigh's daughter would beg to differ, I imagine. She only arrived this morning. How did you... Oh, I know everything and everyone. If you want to know the village chatter, ask the doctor or the priest. And the doctor isn't here. So, it's down to me to spread the good news. Or the gossip. <laughs> Whichever is more interesting. What do you make of her? Oh, she's very... flippant. Hmm. People so often are when faced with change. She'll be struggling to fit in, no doubt. You can sympathise with that. I can sympathise with a lot of people, but not with her. Oh, and how is that temper of yours? Uh, we don't have to talk about that. Don't be embarrassed, child. That, that anger of which you spoke, the rage inside you, I'd like you to talk to me about it some more. Why? I'm not sure what more there is to say. Does this anger manifest itself in any particular way? How do you mean? Well, since I meant to know everyone and everything, I did a little... Investigating, I hear all sorts of stories. Events on the estate, vegetables going bad, fences being broken, even the barn door being blown off its hinges last week. It's all very unfortunate. Lady Ra thinks it was a big gust of wind. Something like that happened during a storm in the 30s. Oh, I didn't hear about a storm last week. But I did hear about a bit of a spat. How did you hear about that? Uh, some of the girls were saying rude things about Lady Ra, and I... I put them in their place. And moments later, the barn door blew off. I didn't see it happen, but yes. It's like the world got angry on your behalf. It's clear something is at work here. Something a little sinister. It's not just the Lord who moves in mysterious ways. Sometimes there are darker forces at play. What do you mean, forces? What forces? Oh, there are all manner of powers in this world, and they so often come to light during wartime. You said you wanted to play your part. Is that still how you feel? Well, yeah, but I don't... Just come this way. I have something to show you. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate, review... And subscribe for pity's sake. <laughs> for pity's sake, man. Oh. <laughs>